as Daryl said, it was a different service last week. It didn't go according to our plans, uh, but we'd like to believe that it went according to the Holy Spirit's plans. And like Daryl said last week, we don't want to come here and tick boxes, sing three songs, listen to a message, and go home. We want to make sure that the Holy Spirit does what only he can do and has his way. And I think it's very interesting that uh, we just happen to be going through a series in the book of Acts, which is actually about how the Holy Spirit worked through the apostles specifically in spreading the gospel and forming the early church. Hi, Anna. It's Anna's birthday today. Happy birthday, Anna. (laughs) And so the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is a major theme in Acts. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of misunderstanding. There's, there's even suspicion. Uh, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we know that he's part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it's impossible for us to fully understand or comprehend God. But when it comes to God the Father, especially if we've had a, a good role model of an earthly father, then we can relate to God the Father. And when it comes to God the Son, or Jesus, we find him relatable because of his humanity. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he's a lot more mysterious. And so before we get into Acts and how God moved, it's important that we just remember a few things about the nature of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force or energy. He's a person. He's divine. He's eternal. He's all-knowing. And the Holy Spirit is first mentioned in the Old Testament, right back in Genesis 1. We see that the Holy Spirit was present and participated in creation. We also see that the Holy Spirit empowered people in the Old Testament. And it's quite an interesting study to go and have a look at how the Holy Spirit empowered people in the Old Testament. We know that he revealed God's word specifically to the prophets. But in the New Testament, and specifically in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is mentioned a lot. The Holy Spirit is mentioned more than 50 times in the book of Acts alone. And any time something or someone is mentioned a lot in the Bible, we should take notice. We should pay a little bit of extra attention So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can turn to Acts 1. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the board for us. But these are, the verse we're going to read is very important because this is the last recorded words of Jesus. So before Jesus ascended to the Father, these were his last recorded words. Verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when... When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so they needed the Holy Spirit to be Jesus' witnesses, and they were bold witnesses indeed. They were bold witnesses indeed. You cannot read Acts and not be struck by the boldness of the believers in sharing the gospel, despite the immense challenges that they faced. And we heard about some of those challenges not last week, the week before, 
Daryl shared with us the story of Stephen, who was stoned in Acts 6 and 7. But they faced immense challenges. They were persecuted, they were brought before courts, they were questioned, they received death threats, and some of them even lost their lives. But they didn't stop, and thank God they didn't stop. So that was just one example of, of Stephen. But I want to have a look at three examples this morning of how the Spirit fills, leads, and empowers. And the first example I want to have a look at, and it's our most important example, our ultimate example, is Jesus. And we see the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life here on earth. In Matthew 1, 18 and 20, you don't have to turn there, but we read that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And in the Gospels, we read that when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and settled on him. And then we read how Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's in Luke 4. And then after Jesus' temptation, we can go to Luke 4:14. 4, That's just a few pages back from where you should be. But Luke 4:14 4, 4, says, "And Jesus returned to Galilee, what? In the power of the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through all the surrounding districts. And then a few verses down in verses 18 to 19, this is what Jesus says about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden. And then if we go back to Acts, Acts 10, verse 38, the Apostle Peter, he gives us a summary of Jesus' ministry. And he says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So the power of the Holy Spirit was evident in Jesus' life and in his ministry. One theologian pointed out that the Holy Spirit was Jesus' closest companion during his earthly ministry. And so that's the example of Jesus, who is our first and most important example when it comes to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. But the second example that I want to have a look at this morning is how the Holy Spirit worked in and through the Apostle Peter. Remember Peter. He was a disciple. He was the disciple who promised Jesus at the Last Supper that he would go rather go to prison or die with Jesus than deny or desert him. But then when Jesus was arrested, we read how in Mark 14:54 how Peter followed at a distance because he didn't want to be associated with Jesus. He thought it was going hor horribly wrong for Jesus. He didn't want to be associated with, with, with Jesus out of fear of what would happen to him. And we know the story. Just as Jesus predicted, Peter denied him three times. Then we fast forward to Acts 4. And you can turn there if you want. But in Acts 4, we see that Peter and John get arrested. 
and they're questioned by some of the religious and other leaders of the day. And I love the way the Amplified Bible puts it. It says, these leaders were extremely disturbed and thoroughly annoyed <laughs> by what they were teaching and doing. And so these leaders want to know by whose authority are they doing these things, like healing a lame man. And in Acts 4 verse 8, it says, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, and you can go and read what Peter said specifically, but just very quickly, basically, very boldly, Peter tells them that he's operating in the power of Jesus. And he says to them, the same Jesus that you rejected and that you had, who you had crucified. And we know that what Peter said was so bold, because if you skip down to verse 13, it says, when they, and that's these leaders, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and discovered that they were uneducated or ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized these men had been with Jesus. And so this is a very different Peter who we see here. There is no longer any fear in him of being associated with Jesus. In fact, it's an honor for him to be associated with Jesus. He's no longer denying Jesus. He is declaring boldly the good news of Jesus. And even when Peter and John are commanded by these leaders not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus, they say in verse 20, it is impossible for us not to speak about what we have seen and heard. In other words, it's impossible for us not to speak about Jesus. And they are still so bold that later on, once they've been released and they're back with the believers, we, we, we see what they pray. Verse 29, they pray, and now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your words with all boldness with all boldness. Wow, what a different Peter we see here and why. Sure, he, was, he had his moment with Jesus where he was restored by Jesus, but I believe it is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in him. And so in the flesh, Peter denied Jesus and he was fearful, but by the Spirit, Peter was bold and he declared Jesus. And so that's the example of Peter. I like Peter. Um, the next example we're going to look at is of a man who was present at the stoning of Stephen. So remember that story? There was a young man there named Saul. And Saul was very happy with what was happening at the time. In other words, he supported the stoning of Stephen. Because why? He persecuted Christians. In other words, he had them arrested, brought in for questioning, and even executed. And so in, in Acts 9, which is a few chapters ahead from where you are, you can turn there if you want, uh, we see that Saul is on his way from Jerusalem to Damascus. And, and with him, he is carrying a letter from the chief, the high priest, and this letter gives him permission to find and arrest 
any followers of Jesus and then bring them back to Jerusalem for questioning and possibly for execution. But on his way, we know the story, he has this incredible encounter on the road to Damascus with Jesus. And Saul is blinded, and then he's told to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and to wait there. And while he's there, a man named Ananias arrives to pray for him. And so we pick up the story in Acts 9, verse 17. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he is indeed the Son of God. And so Saul, who became the great apostle Paul, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, started declaring boldly the name of Jesus, the very name that he had been persecuting Christians for. Amazing story. And the, and the Spirit empowered Paul in an incredible way to be an incredible witness for Jesus. And so let's just have a look at a few examples, and I'm going to run through them quickly, of how the Spirit works in Paul's life. In Acts 13, you don't have to turn there, we read how uh, Barnabas and Paul were set apart, and they were sent out. By who? By the Holy Spirit, on their first missionary journey. And while they were on this missionary journey, the Holy Spirit gave Paul the ability to discern and to deal with a man who was trying to stop them from sharing the gospel with one of the leaders in the, the area that they were ministering in. And even in the face of persecution, Paul and Barnabas, we read in Acts 13, were continually filled with joy and with what? The Holy Spirit. In Acts 20, we read that Paul was compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem back to Jerusalem, knowing, why did he know? Because the Spirit had revealed to him that prison and suffering were waiting for him. That's in verse 22 and 23. And so these are just some of the examples of how the Holy Spirit worked in and through Paul. And like I said, through, by the Spirit, Paul was used mightily in the spread of the gospel for the glory of God. And I could go on and on and on with more examples of how believers were led by the Spirit in boldly evangelizing and spreading the gospel. By the, by the power of the Spirit, these believers fulfilled God's purposes for His church at that time and that place in history. And you might be saying, okay, lovely stories, but how does that apply to me? What does it mean for me in this time and in this place where I find myself? Well, the question is, how well are we doing at surrendering to the Spirit to empower us to boldly evangelize and to spread the gospel in our context today? Because that hasn't changed. That mandate is still for us, Jesus' church today. And you know, here in South Africa, 
even though people may not like it, if you share the gospel with them, you're not going to get arrested and you're not going to land up in prison and you're not going to be killed for your faith like you will be in some countries. But are we boldly and unashamedly sharing the truth or are we a little bit too timid and too cautious and too careful? What if we truly surrendered to the Holy Spirit? What if we asked the Holy Spirit to help us, like he did these believers, to share the gospel in our words and in our actions? I heard an incredible testimony a few weeks ago about a a young woman who was walking in a forest in Mauritius. Sounds good, eh? (laughs) Sounds good to be walking in a forest in Mauritius. But she started that day, normal day, they were living in Mauritius at the time, She's going to go for a walk in the forest. But in the forest, she happened to meet a lady who happened to be bold enough to share the gospel with her. And this young woman was radically, radically saved. Her whole life was turned around, and eventually her husband came to know the Lord. And their whole family, God, is is being glorified in an incredible way in their family. Why? Because... God used one lady who was filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit in a forest in Mauritius to share the gospel boldly with a stranger. And I love this quote by author Ray Steadman. He says, Spirit-led witnessing means that the right person in the right place at the right time says the right thing to the right person. That is what it looks like to be led by the Spirit in sharing the gospel. The right person in the right place at the right time says the right thing to the right person. And I don't know about you, but I want to surrender more to the Holy Spirit for Him to enable me to be more bold in evangelizing about Jesus. Because we all know, we all know people who are like this, right? My husband's one of them. We can't go to pick and pay. (laughs) It's a good thing. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. But little old introverted me sometimes, yeah. Anyway. But uh, one of the ladies in our congregation is like this. She may or may not be sitting in that area over there. But uh, she's unashamed of the gospel. Wherever she goes... She shares the gospel boldly and unashamedly. And if you are not like that, if you are with her, you will feel uncomfortable. But she's just doing what they did in Acts. And she doesn't mind what people think about her. And she does not care what happens to her. She only cares that they hear about Jesus. And she really reminds me of a modern-day John the Baptist, female version of John the Baptist, because all she lives for is to introduce people to Jesus. And then she also tells them, you need to repent and and be baptized. You need Jesus. And she's not rude. She's not rude by any means, but she is bold. And a while ago, she told her Muslim eye surgeon, you need to be born again. (laughs) And we can laugh. But that man will never stand before Jesus and say, I didn't hear the truth about you. He will never be able to say that. And in Romans 10, 13 to 14, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
And how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? They might have heard some things about Jesus, but do they know the truth about him? And we carry with us the truth about Jesus. And so that's our call to evangelism, Romans 10. I'm sure most of us are sitting here this morning, and you've got a story of how you came to Christ because someone shared the gospel with you. How many of us, how many of us, that's part of our story. We came to know Christ because someone shared the gospel with us. Now, whether it was a conversation that we had with someone, maybe it was because of a friendship. You didn't realize you were in a friendship and you were actually being evangelized. And sometimes it didn't, it didn't have to be because of what the person said. It was because of how they lived and how different it was to the world. Maybe it was a family member, a coach, a teacher, a husband or a wife. But God's method for the spread of the gospel is by his spirit, through his people, for his glory. God's method for the spread of the gospel is by his spirit, through his people, and for his glory. And so may the Holy Spirit fill us with all boldness to share the gospel. May we be willing to be called outside of our comfort zones and live like these believers in Acts lived. And when we read these stories, I pray that we would be filled with confidence and with faith that the same Holy Spirit that was at work in them then, in their specific context, is still at work today in us, in our specific context. But the question is, will we let go of our self-sufficiency? Even in our sincere desire to spread the gospel, we sometimes try and do it in our natural ability. Instead of surrendering every part of ourselves to the Spirit for Him to fill us and for Him to work in us and through us to share the gospel for His glory like we read about here in Acts, because it's not about what we can accomplish in our own ability. It's what the Spirit can do in and through us. Like it says in Ephesians 3.20, Now all glory to God, who is able, through His mighty power or His Spirit at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than what we may ask or think. All glory to God, who is able, through His Spirit at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than what we may ask or think. And so in closing this morning, I don't think it's a coincidence that we happen to be going through the book of Acts leading up to our five-year anniversary next, next week. I think it's a desire for us to go back to our early roots, the roots of the, of the early church, and to look at that and say, how are we doing? To do a bit of a checkup. To do some, some searching of our hearts. And to, to allow it to motivate us to live like they lived. In and through and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know, here at Freedom, the South African um, Theological Seminary, their values are Bible-based, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led. 
And that's what we want to be here. We want to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led. And, and may the Spirit help us. And Daryl's going to come up and pray with us. But I want to ask, are our hearts really open to the Spirit working in and through us? Or, or are we closed off to Him? Are we desperate enough for Him to work in and through us, to spread the gospel for His glory? In Jesus' name. Can, can the band come up, Pete? Can we maybe do? Uh, can we maybe just play "Oceans" in the background? That's that, that one line. A spirit lead me. <laughs> yeah, if we can, if we just stay seated where you are. I've got my notebook here. Saul carried a letter. He's on his way with this letter. This letter that was speaking death to anything and everything about the name of Jesus. And he was walking with this letter. God touched him supernaturally. And he went to that house on Straight Street and he got saved and he got baptized. And his life suddenly carried a different letter. His life suddenly took a letter, spoke the name of Jesus without fear. Each one of us have a letter that we're carrying in life. I heard a story about you, but you went and called on a doctor all the way in Funder Bale Park a few weeks back. And you walked past a room where a lady in our church was having to say goodbye to her sister who was on a dialysis machine. And you walked past and you recognized that lady. And you walked in and with boldness, you spoke the name of Jesus. Your, your life carries a letter, Brad. What letter is your life carrying? You say, Daryl, you've got no cooking clue what story my life. What what letter does your life carry? You young man, on Friday night, come here. You were lost in worship, and you were raising your hands, and you felt God gave you a word. And you spoke with boldness and, and people were set free because that word, you spoke with courage. Carry that letter as you go through your school career. Your life carries a letter. And I wish I could come and give each of you just a, a word of encouragement to say, what's the letter that your life carries? You, you sir, there's a man who you know who's going through an incredibly rough time and you took him fishing. You just spent a couple of hours with him. Your life carries a letter and you spoke about the things of God on a boat. Oh, I can't do that, Daryl. I'm an introvert. God's given you completely different gifts that some of us don't have. 
carry a letter as you walk through the supermarket and you walk behind someone and you pray for them. God wants to use us to extend his kingdom. And it's got nothing to do with Freedom Church. It's got to do with his kingdom. There's a far bigger picture than Freedom Church. Spirit, would you lead us? Slaza asked. Spirit, would you lead us? Would you help us carry these letters? Because our flesh denies Jesus. We have to be honest. God, sometimes our flesh so easily finds ourselves denying you. But by the Spirit, by your Holy Spirit, we, we, we want to make a decision to acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you had the Holy Spirit as your companion. Holy Spirit, thank you that we can go into our week having you as our closest companion to do life with, to, to share with. As we, as we walk through this walk of life, as we go through life, we have you, Holy Spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would birth something inside of each one of us to be challenged. What, what letter are we carrying through our lives? So that your Holy Spirit will, will use us to witness to the right person at the right place, at the right time, and to speak the things of Jesus boldly, with courage, that our letters would proclaim the name of Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're alive and that you're a work at work in each one of us. We open our hearts. Say, Holy Spirit, let's just pray this. Holy Spirit, work in my heart. Make me aware of how you want to use me to speak the name of Jesus with boldness. <laughs>